This is an Ask Brothers production. Follow us on Twitter at The Ask Brothers. Get all our content on YouTube, Facebook, Spotify, and SoundCloud at Ask Bros. And if you like what you hear, don't forget to smash that subscribe button. Do you realise you've just played the uh, introduction for uh, you and Toby's OG show? Well done. Oh, now you're frozen and we're live. Oh, good. <laughs> I always love... Oh, look, it's just me. Me and why not sentiment. Do you know it's just me and you, why not, at the moment? Max has just pulled out. Something's gone wrong his end. I'm in a fucking miserable mood. And who have I got? Just me and you. And what do you say? I'll tether out. Oh, for fuck's sake, I'm not in the mood for you tonight. Don't know what Max is doing. Welcome to another edition of Arles Bros. Hello, everyone who's listening. I don't know if there's anybody else, but if you are, throw something in the comments. Good. Marcin's here and all sorts of people. I might have to put my glasses on. And it's just me talking at the moment because Max has got some new technology and he hasn't been out of working out. He is absolutely fucking useless. Who else we got? Richard, good. It might just be me, you, and uh, why not tonight? What did we talk about? While I'm waiting for Max to sort out his technology and actually come on to the podcast that he's organised, that he's pressed the button on, let me, uh, let me, <laughs> let me just give you a little review of the last two podcasts. Stan's here. Good. Hello, Stan. Here's a little review of the last two podcasts we did. We haven't done very, very many lately through one reason or another. So we did one after the defeat by Everton, uh, which followed the defeat by Manchester United. Uh, and I think both Mike and Max wanted the manager sacked. So... I, was, I spent the hour telling them they were cunts. I spent the hour telling them that they were wrong. Uh, it's a limited support, I've got to say. However, we then went on a little run. We won six games. We won six games of, and then lost to Manchester City. And what happened? We did a little... I asked them a question. Rate our season so far. Rate our season so far. And they both said we were an A or an A-. minus. And I had us down as a C plus. And I got loads of shit for that. Oh, you're meant to be the positive one. You're meant to be the positive one. And you're being really negative. And now <laughs> we're doing another podcast. Knocked out of both cup competitions. The most miserable drab draw I've ever seen <laughs> against Burnley. <laughs> so who's right? They nicknamed me in our private group chat, The Oracle. And I would like to say that, yes, Actually, I am. <laughs> I am the oracle. But me, I'm right again. Don't get too up when we win a few games. Don't get too down when we lose a few games. This is a project. There's going to be some bumps in the road. It will take some time. So what we got? Uh, why not says it's it's been a, a proper shit month. Yes, I agree with that. Richard, I am miserable too. What a debacle this club is. Why? Look, we've got a team full of young players. Marcin, sorry, yes, I know you're here as well. Richard, we have got a team of young players, a team of really young players. 
one of the things that's wrong with this club is we've we've got rid of all of the miserable bastards who were just taking us from our wages each month. And now we've got a young group of players. You've played football. I'm sure you've all played football. Do you know, it's going to take a time. It's going to take some process before we can actually get this right. It's a two, three-year project. You know, we were sitting in fourth place a month ago. We're, we're playing really great football at times. There's going to be some terrible days. We have had some terrible days. We have had some terrible days. We have had some terrible days. Right. Let's see what. Send me some questions since I've got nobody to talk to. I'm just talking on my own at the moment until Max gets his uh, his technology sorted out. Um, why not? Says win, lose, or draw. I'm always Arteta out. Yeah. You know, maybe I'm not, I've never said that Arteta is going to be the man that takes this job forward, but I actually quite like what he's doing at the club. I like what he's doing at the club. I like the way he stood up to Ozil. I like the way he stood up to Genduzi and all these players that cause problem in the club. Um, the downside of that is that the downside of that is that you know he's new in management. He probably looks back on this thing and think, how the fuck do I fix this? Because I watched us against Burnley at the weekend. I was at the Emirates and the crowd was still going for it. We were still trying our best. And it was dire, really, really dire. And he's got to look at himself and see if he can fix it. But realistically, who's out there? Watford have just sacked their manager again. And who have they appointed? After Ranieri, they've now, they've now appointed a 74-year-old to keep him in the Premier League. For fuck's sake, you know, for fuck's sake, you know, who is out there? Who is out there? Max, Max, can you hear me? I can see your pretty face now, but that terrible moustache. That really is I a can... terrible moustache. Shave, you cunt. Shave. <laughs> I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. All right. Fucking Victoria bought this, like, wait, doors open, cat's trying to get in. Oh, now he's fucked off to get the cat out. Jesus Christ. Those you want to listen Victoria to bought this. Victoria tonight. bought this $3,500 computer because fucking backwards ass fucking Australia and they're all trapped in our fucking homes again. And the thing fucking crashes every five fucking minutes. $3,500 worth of fucking gear. Three and a half thousand dollars in real money's money is what about it's about ten pesos, mate. Yeah, That's what the cool. Australian dollar's fucking worth at the moment. What did you do while I was gone? It crashed literally as I press record. Yeah. And you press record and you put up the old uh, Toby and you doing the OG show. <laughs> you can't even press the right cool. fucking button. For those cool. who don't know, I'm drinking a lot tonight. What I've been talking about, let me tell you what I've been talking about. I just shared with our audience, and thankfully there's lots of them, Stan Amantin, Marcin, Richard, uh, Why Not's always there with his Arteta out. I've been just reviewing our last two podcasts where after the Man City Everton game, you two fucking sacked the manager, oh, it's all shit, oh, it's all shit. And I said, look, it's a bump in the road. I said then that we won six on the trot, lost to Manchester City, and you two... When asked, you said, oh, this season's so far an A plus or an A and maybe an A minus. And then we get knocked out of two cup competitions, two cup competitions, most miserable fucking nil-nil draw against Burnley, the bottom team of the fucking division. And I want to question you, where are you now in your fucking A plus, A minus? Oh, we're fucking wonderful. Stop being too high when we fucking win. Stop being too low when we fucking lose. Where's your fucking judgment on the season so far, you stupid looking twat? Well, I find it interesting, Darren, that, you know, I am the one 
who you are so vigorously trying to attack. When I've been the calmest Arsenal fan in the world, I've been posting things up, slagging off Arsenal fans for being too reactive, for being too up and down, for being too bipolar, uh, for thinking that the transfer window is like FIFA, for writing things on Twitter like, why did we even bother pursuing Volvanac or whatever the fuck his name was, Valachuk? Uh, <laughs> Just call him Doosan. That seems to be the in way. Yeah, and... You know, I, I put this thing up saying, do you not want us going after the top players? Do, do you not want us to be to be pursuing the best possible players that we can? Because if you start pursuing the best players that we can, guess what? Other teams are going to be after them as well because they're the best players available. And you might lose out to them. And they might not want to move to fucking England. So, you know, the, the, the whole thing at the moment. Let me say something while you're I, thinking about what to, how to um, say the words you want to say. <laughs> uh, I, I mentioned in the podcast, the last one we did, that I quite like the look of this Dusan Vlahovic because he fit the profile for me. He was young, he scores a lot of goals, he's tall. You know, it's just the sort of things that check a lot of boxes for me. However, um the fact that he was kicking up such a fuss about having to join Arsenal shows us the position that we're in. I was walking out of the stadium on, um, when was it, Saturday, Sunday, Sunday afternoon, and uh, I was I was accosted by someone who must have known me, <laughs> listening to me moaning as I'm walking out. And he went, "That you want that Vlahovic? If he don't want to fucking come, then we don't fucking want him. <laughs> and I thought, well, it's very rare that people recognise me, but I know I've got a very distinctive voice. And, uh, and I thought, you know what? That's right. If we are going to have to pay someone 400000 a week and $60 million to transfer him in and they don't want to play for Arsenal Football Club because they don't think we're good enough yet, well, fuck off. Okay. Glad we haven't signed him. Glad he's not coming. Let him fuck off to Manchester City and sit in the reserves for two years. You were saying that. Well, he's gone to Juve. Well, so, uh, look, I just... Like, like I was saying in my pre-coffee ramble two minutes ago when I was still trying to drag the words from my asshole, um, I, it's just not FIFA. It's not a done deal. You know, people being pissed off or upset that we've missed out on a top target or that we've heavily pursued a top target, I think they need to reassess what they want from their football club and what they expect from their football club. I mean... Six months ago, people were saying we have to go sign an Ivan Tony because we're a mid-table club, and we need a player who's going to re-establish us in the in the in the mid-table and is going to hold the ball up. And you know, then all of a sudden, you start shifting towards well, we're going to be a Champions League club, and the mentality shifts to we need to go after the best players. Well, what happens now if you bring in an Ivan Tony after having missed out on Flowerbitch? Because that reeks of second grade signing now and, and everyone's in this mad rush that was sort of my main point i was like everyone's in this mad rush and they're screaming just fucking bring in anyone just fucking bring in someone and i'm like we could be like a chelsea and go and drop a hundred million pounds on timo Werner and not fucking play him because he was the wrong player for the wrong system for the wrong manager we could be like a city and go and bring in countless player after player after player who they got because they needed someone because they wanted someone and they end up being the wrong player 
and for me, we're, we're 16 years with Arsenal right now, Darren. 16, I don't even remember how many years it is. 16 but years? It, well, 16, I don't know, however many fucking years we've been since we've been shit, right? Or since we've been getting shitter. And the way I see it is I just want the club to be identifying players, identifying the right players, and making sure that they're getting those players in on contracts that are tenable, where if that player fails, let's look at the Pepe signing, you know, failed fucking player, untenable contract, massive fucking money. You know, do you want to keep doing this and do you want to keep going down this path or do you want to look at it and look at the, the, look at the way that we are looking to progress forwards right now and say we did that in a very deliberate manner and we went and got the players that we identified that worked in the positions and we put them into the team. And if we couldn't get those players in January, but we think we can get those players in the summer, then we were willing to wait and we were willing to move forward in, in a way that actually makes sense. I just think there's a, a time for logic with Arsenal fans and there's a time for thinking that you're playing a game of FIFA and all you need to do is go and click on the player and hit the amount of money and, and hit buy. Trouble is we're, we're at a stage now in our, in our season, in our, in our rebuild, in our project, for want of a better word, where we're a bit fucked because, you know, I can imagine that Arteta is trying to sell this project to players. Uh, but when you look at the Premier League, there's, there's two clubs out of sight um we're we're and then there's one two three four five six teams fighting for two champions league places and we're not looking favorites anymore and anyone who watched us on sunday against burnley is probably looking and thinking fuck and arteta has done a great job of weeding out some of the players we didn't want to play for our football club but the trouble is now we're really short on numbers we're really short on numbers i mean Party, Thomas Party plays one fucking good game this season and gets himself sent off. We get him back early, we rush him back into the team, and he gets sent off. Then we're our Jack as a Jacker, you know, whatever way you look at it, love him or hate him, you can see how much we miss him. Fuck me. Do you know what? Those those of you who don't like Granite Jacker, and I'm almost in that camp because I'm just, you know, the, the way he's fallen out with the fans, I don't think there was any way back for him. He still does a professional job. He still comes back. He still does a job. If any of you had watched that game on Sunday afternoon, fuck me, we need someone like Granite Jacker who can just be always available and always want the ball. And we are so I think as time goes on players. with Granite Xhaka, Darren, as time goes on with Granite Xhaka, the actual playing deficiencies become less and less and less. Like the way that we look at him as a player, it becomes less and less and less. I don't look at Xhaka. I don't look at Xhaka the player anymore and think you're a bad player. I've always wanted someone different. I've always wanted someone more athletic. I've always wanted an Abu Dhabi, Yaya Torre, Patrick Vieri. You know, we've always wanted this big rangy guy in there big rangy strong guy in there but that's not the 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 fact that Jacker isn't that guy isn't the reason why we're not good it's the fact that Jacker's brain does what Jacker's brain fucking does I tell you what you though, know? Max we're lucky to have him at the moment we are lucky to have him we'll be fucked without him 
You know, I mean, that's how our weak well, we party are. Well, party, party and Jack are together are basically the only part of our team that are a mature double pivot. Give me all that shit. I've watched Xhaka and Party play all season. They've been very good. Party's been fucking terrible all season. Party and and Xhaka together have been good. No, no, they haven't been good. They've been, you know, the the few times they've played together, they've been the best of what's been available. Party suddenly has a great game against Manchester City. And I mean a great game. And I saw all of the things that people have been telling me that he can do. And he had a great game against Manchester City. And suddenly the missing link was there. We've got a fairly solid defence. We've got a fairly average attack with some good attacking players. And then suddenly we had a midfield that linked it all together. And it's been missing all season. It's been missing all season. When you took the two of them out against Burnley, it was just Arsenal of fucking the last 10 years. Pass it across the back, across the back, across the back. Pump it upfield against a team that's really good in the air, lose possession. Don't understand. Look, There's Dan, lots of things. This, re- a, this is a this is a really it's a really hard podcast to do, and I'm feeling that it's a hard podcast to get out because we don't know anything. We're stuck between a rock and a hard place in a sense that we want to be supporters of the club and we want to be positive and we want to look at the good things this season. We want to look at all the bright lights, but we can see the deficiencies. And after all this time, it's starting to become really difficult to sit there and wade through the reasons why certain things. Oh, good. We've lost Max again. Let me have a look at some of your questions. Max has spent three and a half thousand dollars. Don't know what that means. That's Australian dollars for us in the real world. We've spent three and a half thousand dollars on a new computer, and now he just looks like he's going to give someone a blowjob. If you've seen the way he's frozen on the screen, um, there's a question I saw there that was quite interesting. I mean, Standard Man, I think we dodged a bullet with Blahovic, and I'm with you on that. I sort of really wanted him, really fancied him just because he seemed like the right sort of player, but. If you don't want to play for us, we could have just got another superstar on stupid wages and then we're going to be stuck with him. But there's a there's a, mess, a, a question coming there from Martin Ostrowski. Fuck me. Fuck this. We have to sign a goalie. <laughs> and there's a little smiley face at the end of it. But there's a, there's a point. I mean, those of you uh, who follow me quite regularly, I love Aaron Ramsdale. I love him. I love everything about him. I think he's he's tied that defence together. He's been brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. There's not been a bad word to say about him. Last month, players go in and out of form. And goalkeepers uh, obviously go in and out of form. He's lost it a bit at the moment. <laughs> we don't need a new goalkeeper. We've got a really good goalkeeper and a really good backup goalkeeper in Leno. Um who's not going to stay for any more than the end of the season because he, he he will want first-team football. But I tell you what, um, uh, suddenly Ramsdale's lost the plot a bit. He's, he's not catching the ball, he's punching it. He's shouting and screaming at his defenders, whereas at one time that seemed like it was all good. And now they're looking at him and say, well, you, you're not playing so fucking well yourself. Honestly, it's, it's a little bit scary. We don't 
need a new goalkeeper. But it's back to my point about having a young side. These players are going to go in and out of form. Smith Rowe didn't play very well for a while, couldn't get his place back in the side, then comes in, looks superb as a substitute, plays the full game at the weekend, didn't really realise he was playing. You know, we're, we're lucky. Erdegaard didn't, wasn't very good for the first two months of the season. People are saying it's a waste of the money. And then suddenly he's our best player. It is like playing FIFA. You just don't know when your players are going to be on good form and on bad form. And against Manchester City, we managed to have everyone playing at the top of their game against the Manchester Man City side that had played <laughs> had played 48 hours before and had some key players missing. And we still managed to lose. That was our best performance for years. I reckon 15 years it was our best performance. And we still managed to lose the game. Let's have a look at some of your questions while I'm waiting. Thoughts on Callum Chambers being sold to Aston Villa? I have missed that. I've had a very busy week. Is that actually happened? Has Callum Chambers gone to Aston Villa? Because I find that a very, very, very strange decision if that's actually happened. Somebody tell me, has that happened or is it? Is it talked about happening don't know uh, max is back i think he's shaking his head his little stupid moustache is wobbling back and forth i am incredibly sorry to our listeners for the shitness of this podcast they've got extra me which is fundamentally all they turn up for <laughs> yeah but we we are the usually Oracle. we are usually much better than this um so i i apologize for that what I was saying before, before I cut out, Darren, if I can finish my point, was I think it's incredibly difficult to, to because there's so little transparency coming out of the club at the moment. I, I think it's an issue with the club that there's a lack of transparency. I would love for them to come out and, and just release a statement on, say, Ainsley Maitland-Niles, for example. Release a statement and say he was becoming incredibly difficult. He was becoming disruptive. We had to move him on. Or How come out help? and really because it helps the it helps the fans, Darren, be able to actually program this stuff oh, in their on, head. Look, we've watched things to make the nails for no, but the argument the argument years. is, Darren, the reason why everyone's cracking the fucking shits is they're saying, well, a big club just wouldn't have let him go, and we wouldn't have lost these games if we had Ainsley Maitland-Niles. And I don't even and I don't even Maitland-Niles wasn't there, and I don't even know or points dropped. I don't even know if that's true, Darren. I don't even know if it's true that if Ainsley was there. If Ainsley and El Nenny were there, would we have beat Liverpool? I, I don't know. I don't think so. I still think that with that midfield, they were a more elite team than us. Look, would we have Ainsley beat? Would we have beat? about 46 now. He's, we've watched him for five or six years. He's, he's played. He's come in. He's played at right back. He's played at left back where he played quite well. He's come into the centre midfield. If Arsenal want to win the Champions League. Now, I know that sounds like a stupid statement, but that's where I want us to be before I die, which, in fact, probably won't be very long now. But if I, if, if I, if Arsenal want to win the Champions League, then Ainsley Maitland-Niles is not the player to take us there. No, but I'm not talking about him for the for the future, Darren. I'm not saying that he was the guy who was going to take us further. So get him out of the club. Get him out no, of the club. Uh, if he's disruptive, but, in, he's... but then you are paper thin, Darren. And I look, I, I'm. In a sense, I empathise with angry Arsenal fans at the moment because the way they're looking at it is they're looking at it and they're asking about the strategy, Darren. And they're saying, where was the strategy here? If you thought, I'm going to drop Chambers, I'm going to drop Kalasanak, I'm going to drop El Nenny. I'm going to drop El Nenny. Have you seen this? The, I didn't know this. Um, Callum Chambers is now an Aston Villa player. Yep. 
No, I, I saw that this morning. That. I've missed that. I missed that today. So if you're going to drop all of these players, you're going to drop Kalasnak, you're going to drop Chambers, you're going to drop Ainsley Maitland-Niles, you're going to drop El Elneny. The reason why this frustration from the Arsenal fans is that they're looking at that and they're saying, well, that had to be strategy-based. You had to be going in six weeks out, eight weeks out. It's not like the transfer window opens and all of a sudden you start making your decisions. These strategies would have been put in place and the contingencies should have been there. And the reason why Arsenal fans are losing their fucking minds is because there seems to be a lack of transparency coming out from the club as to why these players were released now when we've had options to sell these players in the past. Why were they released now when we were in a position to maybe put the foot down on the throttle and, and do something better than what we expected this season. Now, I'm on record as saying I want the right players, not the players who are available now in the January transfer window. I don't want more Dennis Suarez's. I don't want more Kim Kalstrom's. I don't want to just go get players because they're available and then have to pay a premium for them in the January transfer market. That's not what I want. But I would have thought that the club would have had, knowing we were coming into this period and knowing that we had this backlog of games and knowing that we were looking like we were in a good position from a month out from the January transfer window, I would have thought that there would have been more connections with us with people, connections with us with certain players. Sorry, sorry, you tire me sometimes. You How? say we were in a good position a month before the transfer window. A month before the transfer window window was when we got beat by Man United and Everton and you wanted the manager sacked. We were good I in never December. fucking wanted the fucking well, manager no, right, sacked. Right, maybe, maybe I'm just um, putting words into your mouth. But you and Mike weren't happy. You, wanted, you were disappointed. We just lost to Everton. We'd lost to Manchester United. And you were really critical of the whole setup and is this the way forward? And it was a whole negative podcast. Play it back, listen to it. Because I was, I spent an hour arguing with you two, but I don't normally argue with you two. I spent an hour arguing with you two because you were so negative. And I'm saying, look, it's a fucking bump in the road. The Everton result was a terrible result. The Man United one was one that could have gone either way. And with, with a bit of luck, we would have won that game. We got to the start of the transfer window. Just to, just to argue what you just said, we got to the start of the transfer window in the best shape we've been in for 15 years. We'd, we'd won a lot of games on the trot. We were playing super football. The fans were really, really happy. Fuck me, you said we were an A. We were A our season so far. We were an A. We had plans to get rid of these players. Callum Chambers, um, the left-back, Kalasinac. We, we had players, Ainsley McNeils. We had plans to get rid of players that weren't going to take us forward. And I'm sure within those plans, we've got plans to bring in players to replace them. We are very thin at the moment, but for a year, 18 months, every Arsenal fan on the planet has been saying, why have we got all these fucking rubbish players in our squad? And, yeah. I, and I was one of those people, Darren. So and we I have, are getting and, rid of them. We are getting rid no, of them. And I have, I, Darren, I have, Darren, I have no issue. I have no issue with the clear out. I have no issue with the fact that we haven't just gone and grabbed you know, a load of, of shit asses because the reason why we're in this position is because we ended up with a load of players who weren't good enough, who we've kept on stupid contracts for too long. I have no issue with any of that. What my good. argument is, is, is I am trying to empathize with a fan base who is frustrated 
by the lack of transparency around the club's decision-making, around the club's strategy. And that's what's in question here. Not the decisions to remove the players, but the strategy around how you remove these players and when you remove these players. You know, I was reading a thing the other day I thought was was really bright, really interesting uh, uh, opinion piece, which was, how is it different? How is it different for Roma to wait three weeks for Ainsley Maitland-Niles? If we're waiting until the end of the January transfer window... Okay, okay. Let me just put that one to bed. Let me put that one to bed now. So you're a businessman, yeah? And you've got a club who wants to take a problem off your hands. One of the problems you've identified as you want to leave the club, yeah? Which we did with many players. If we wait three weeks or four weeks then maybe they find someone else and then we've got a player on our hands again, we're paying their wages. These are these are plans that you're right. We have made at the start of the season or throughout the season so that when it comes to January, right, he's going there, he's going there, he's going there. Let's get rid of him. Let's get him off the books. You're right. The incomings haven't been so good, but we have got rid of Kolasinac. Do we want Kolasinac at the club? No. So do we want to wait three weeks and fuck me, whoever he's gone to might find somebody else. It's business sense. As soon as he's got that offers in there, three weeks ain't going to make a big deal of difference. Let's get him out of the club, get him off the wage bill. Then we can afford to pay someone to come in. The issue that we've got now is that any player worth their salt, the sort of player that I'm talking about, that will take us to the Champions League. And we've got some, Erdegaard, Saka, Emil Smith-Rowe, Tommy Yasu, um, you know, we've, we've got some really, Ramsdale, we've got some really good players in our side that we that could take us to the top level, really good that would take us to the top level. We need to add to that. No doubt we need to add to it's that. It's those no players, doubt. Darren, it's those signings that not only give me confidence in Edu and Arteta, but it it gives them breathing space right now. And the Arsenal fans should be giving them breathing space. Because I tell you what, no one fucking wanted Ramsdale. They wanted Ramsdale. He he's changed us. Everyone said, "Who the fuck is Tommy Arsu?" He's changed us. People said they didn't want Ben White. He's fucking changed us. No one knew who Gabriel was. He's changed us. All our you know, te- so- well, most of those are Teta signing. So let's give some credit. Our te- our Edu. Yeah, and uh, but no. that's that's what I'm that's what I'm saying, Darren. But the the way I look at those signings is. They were scouted, they were marked, and we went out and we got them. And that's why I'm I'm I am so willing to to not jump in on what everyone else is doing. All these other podcasters fucking moaning and carrying on like a pack of fucking children at Christmas who got an Xbox, but they wanted a PlayStation. I'm not jumping on the moaning. Right? I, I think I think we haven't got an Xbox. You don't Come even on. know what ne- you don't even know what next box is. You think it's somewhere that you keep your fucking bomb. Do you know my, anyway, my first. Can I just tell you my first video game? I got bought when I was about eight. It was called Grandstand, which was a BBC television program for many years called Grandstand. And the video game was one of those that had two lines either side, and you could play tennis. You I know? would have thought that your first video game, Darren, was a stick, so you could play noughts and crosses in the can fucking you sand because you're am, old. I am very very old but but no i had a video game it wasn't much of one 
Anyway, 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 I just, I just, <laughs> I just think that when you look at what's been done, and you look at the work that we've done, you look at the way the players have come in. There's an element of moaning from the fan base that that is not required. But in saying that, I, I think that the reason why you're starting to get quite a bit of unrest again, I don't even think it's around the results. The results aren't even that bad. I, th- I thought we would likely draw with Burnley. I think I had Burnley down as the out of the five games that we had coming up. I had Burnley down as the place to drop points because no, they're fucked no, and, no, and they're gonna no, and they're gonna no, no. and they're gonna no, sit no. in deep. Let no, me no. finish. Let me finish, no, Darren. No. It's not what I'm saying is it's not about the results at the moment. I think it's just about the optics of it and how it looks in the transfer window. There's another week to go. And I tell you what, Darren, one signing, one signing changes the transfer window and people can shut up. Let's just hope it's the right signing. I've got to enjoy you, but we don't talk about the games too much in this. And I I can't even remember Sunday. It was a a drab, drab Mm. game. But that was, look, do you know a more positive Arsenal fan than me? I mean, generally the answer is no. I'm a very positive club man. I love the club. You know, it doesn't even matter to me about winning every week. It just matters to me that I can go and watch my football club and I love supporting them. And I've supported them forever and I will continue to support them forever. Burnley was terrible. Terrible, terrible, terrible because... There was a team of players that had completely lost confidence after such a great run of form. Suddenly, no one wanted the ball. And, you know, I I, I like the look of Sambi Lakonga. I like the look of him. I can't even remember who played in midfield with him because that's how insignificant our midfield was. It was a terrible performance because everyone was scared to be on the ball. And and, and from such a, a... a run of six games culminating in the Manchester City performance. We were so good. And then suddenly that confidence is just gone. And watching that game on, on Sunday afternoon was as bad as Arsenal would But I, I said on this podcast last time we played, the Manchester City game, even though we lost, even though they'd had a game 48 hours before, was probably our best performance, I think, in about 15 years of watching Arsenal. Yep, I that said the same thing. That steady decline that, that, that we've seen over 15 years, that steady, steady decline, and such a disappointment for all of us that care about this club. Suddenly, not only have we been picking up wins and results, suddenly we played superb football and took on one of the best teams in Europe, took them on toe-to-toe and were better than them. Now, there's mitigating circumstances on their side. They'd had a game 48 hours before. I'm sure they were a bit knackered, but we were superb. And then suddenly, within the course of three or four games, we were absolutely bereft of ideas. We didn't have a clue. It was the most... I would go as far as saying the best performance in 15 years to one of the worst. We were terrible against Burnley. Terrible. You can talk now if you like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, look, I think there's, I think with young players as well, and I know we keep coming back to the fact that it's a young squad, and especially when you do pull um, Thomas Party and Granite Shanker out of the team, who essentially are the only couple of players with Lacazette who raise the average age. 
I think that you can look at that as well and you can say that that's understandable. Your sound's just would... gone, Max. Can, can you hear me? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that you would say that 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 decline after the City game and then the Liverpool game with that rearguard ridiculous performance, which I also thought for complete other reasons was one of our best performances in 10 years because there was an element of of never say die and 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 die for the badge and all those things that we like about that we look for with our club but i think that you had to have a decline after that because for young players it's about sustainability i've always said you know with talent and with youth comes the ability to perform at a very very high level but it's experience that allows you to perform at that high level week in, week out, and keep coming back and keep doing it. So naturally, you're going to have these ebbs and flows of teams. And with a young team against a team like Burnley, who are going to come out and don't want to play and want to push you into wide areas, so you cross balls into the box where they want it, where they're comfortable, you know, I can, that, that's going to be the harder team to play. You know, these kids would almost rather go out, Darren, and have someone fucking press them and get tight to them because they've got the technicality to get out of it. The the issue for me was, and while you were sorting out your technical problems, I actually said that, you know, like with young teams, you you know, the bump in the road scenario, it's difficult because no lead is in that pitch. We didn't know what to do. Mm. But the difference for me against Manchester City, we went for them. We really went for Manchester City. And Manchester City are fucking good. We didn't go for Burnley. We sat back and hoofed long balls. It was terrible. It was embarrassing. It was awful. And I don't know, you know, there's questions about Arteta and he will learn from that game. But, you know, he's let's just say that he's been playing FIFA and sometimes, you know, when you play FIFA, it all works well. <laughs> you think, oh, fuck me, I've got a good result there. And then sometimes you play FIFA and you go, fuck, why didn't that work? Why didn't that happen? Uh, he's got to be scratching his head. Because the, hardest, the hardest thing it about... It shows, Matt- sorry, I was just going to say, it just shows missing Party maybe, Xhaka definitely, Tomiyasu 100%. Mm. Suddenly, these players are so, so important. Tierney isn't the player he was last year. You know, Tomiyasu was missing. Xhaka was missing and suddenly, you know, we really were short. And then we've got Lacazette up front, who I've always been a fan of. I think he works hard, he tries hard. But Jesus Christ, the last two games we could have won if it had taken his chances. And we didn't create many chances and we need a striker. Go back to what I've said in the last two podcasts. Number one on the shopping list for me is a striker. We need someone who's going to score goals because if you only have one or two chances in a game, you need something to take it. And don't give me, oh, you thought Burnley was going to be the hard one of the lot. Burnley are bottom of the fucking Premier League for a reason. They've had a terrible season. Sean Dyche, who I'm a great fan of, I think he does a great job with limited resources. He, That team hadn't played for five weeks. And OK, you could say they're well-rested, but they were rusty. We had a chance to really score three or four, five goals, but we didn't. We were scared. Nobody wanted the ball. Nobody wanted the ball. But that's that, what you're saying, Darren, is you, you're talking about leadership and you're talking about experience again. And the only guy that you've got on the pitch there with leadership and experience is Lacazette. And you've got a guy who is so emotionally high on confidence as in he is emotionally up, but he's lost all ability to, to score goals. Anyone who says that Lacazette isn't a goal scorer doesn't remember Lacazette's first six months before Aubameyang got there. 
Anyone who says Lacazette doesn't score in big games doesn't remember when he come did one top corner against Tottenham for us to win the game. You know, so it it seems that it it's so simple to be able to change this and change the scope and change the Arsenal team. But unfortunately, it's not what's happening. We do lack a bit of experience. We do lack a little bit of depth. Hopefully, we can come out of the transfer window with a, a little bit of something. I agree with uh, on the stoop, Brooklyn's Premier League show. Shout out, uh, Brooklyn's Premier League show. Um, you know, bringing in someone like Van Alden would be fantastic. This is what I question about that, though. If Xhaka and Pardy are your one and two, and they're not out with injury. They're out with fucking red cards and suspension, right? If Xhaka and Party are your one and two, you've then got to go convince someone who isn't getting game time to come into your club. And then you've got to tell one or two of, of your one and two, you're going to lose out your, your starting position possibly to a loanee who's going back to PSG. So, you know, there's a, there's a huge amount of moving of the pieces on the chessboard. And I will say this when it comes to management and when it comes to strategy. Someone like Arteta right now is a young manager, as someone who is learning his craft. They get very, very stuck in black and white. This worked, this didn't work. And unfortunately, football is quite gray. And the amazing thing about football is every single week, it, it throws up a different set of challenges that you have to meet. So just because you find something that works against City doesn't mean you can go out and necessarily play like that against Burnley. Because Burnley's set up in a completely different way. And I think what Arteta is finding now is, especially without the senior guys in his team, when he's got his most youthful team out there, when he's got a 21-year-old Sambi Lakonga as a single pivot who's meant to be distributing to everyone and controlling the game, is he's finding out really quickly that you need a B plan and you need a C plan. And I think one of the reasons why he can't have a B plan and he can't have a C plan is because there's no one to change the fucking game on the bench. So it's not always about starting players. It's about having different shapes and different sizes and different problems to be able to change up the system and change up the team. It's about being able to bring someone on who's going to make a difference, make a point of difference. And this is the next step for Arsenal. And this is unfortunately the evolution that we're in, Darren. We need to get a better first team. We need to make sure that our first team is set. We also need to make sure that our squad is set. And I'll agree with you on one thing, Darren, that you said earlier. Kalasnak. Ainsley Maitland-Niles, Callum Chambers, El Nenny, no one fucking wanted them, which means the club had to move them on. And if the club has moved them on and they've got rid of those wages and they've shipped out those contracts, that is a good thing. It's a good thing for the club. Problem is, now we're chasing two starting players and a starting midfielder and a starting striker, and we're probably looking at five squad filler players. And you've got to be able to sell squad filler players a dream. You've got to be able to sell them on either two things. One, we're in enough competitions that you're going to play. I'm going to remunerate you very, very well for maybe only playing 15 games a year and coming off the bench. Or two, you're going to come in and you are going to challenge these guys. If you come in and you play well, you're going to push these guys and you're going to get a start. It's a very, very difficult balancing act. And if we fall down anywhere, we'll fall down because Arteta might not have the managerial experience to know how to manage a full squad of people and get them all buying in at once. It reminds me a lot of old Arsene Wenger, where he essentially went through the entire season with 15 guys. I'm done. 
<laughs> Mic drop. Well, I make a lot of sense, Darren. You're on mute, champion. I hope I've still lost my sound. Oh, fuck. Uh, who we got in the comments? Stan the Man. Shout out to Stan the Man. Stan the Man asked the question, what did we think of the ownership stopping Edu bringing in Arthur Mello on an 18-month loan? with an obligation to buy. Stan, I think that there is so much grey. There's so much that we don't understand within the club. And unfortunately, the scope of social media, even though it's given us more transparency, it's almost given us less transparency. I guess previously we 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 wouldn't have even known that we were in for him. It would have been difficult unless it was, you know, released in a newspaper and you picked it up and, and and you read about it and then you spoke to people in the pub. But now we get so much clickbait and we get so many things being pushed out and we get football managers and player managers, you know, releasing things to put pressure on certain deals that we don't actually really understand what the inner workings of the club are. And I, I you know, I, I, I push this on Twitter to people where they're putting out these opinions that are based in essentially nothing, saying, well, why didn't we secure this deal and why didn't we secure that deal? We've got no idea what the, the certain, the, certain uh, the, the points around the deal would have been. An 18-month loan with an obligation to buy is a very fucking strange, very strange deal in the first place. Um but yeah, not 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 sure about that one. Uh, another question: What do we think of Callum Chambers going to Villa? I'm actually a little bit sad for Callum Chambers because I've always held him in quite high regard. Technically, I think, don't you think that's what, that one's going to come back and burn us? I think Callum Chambers is one of those players that's just not fashionable, and and again, uh, yeah, he's a bit Ainsley Maitland Niles in that he's played right back, centre midfield for Fulham centre-half for us, and I don't think they could find a good... But he's a fucking good footballer, and he's consistently, you know, just above average. He's one of those players that's good. Great signing for Aston Villa. Great signing. You need, you need squad players, Darren. And this is something I've said for a long time, you know. People want to have two fantastic players for each position, but it's almost impossible to keep those two players happy. You need to have guys, if we're talking FIFA ratings... You know, you need to have guys who are 74s, 75s. You can't have a team of, of 80s and 85s all competing for a position. You need guys, you know, if you look at Callum Chambers, he can cover centre-back, he can cover right-back, he can cover central midfield. You know, he's not on massive wages. But in saying that, I don't think there would be a huge amount of players in the world. And in the comments, if you think I'm wrong, tell me I'm wrong. But I don't think there'd be a huge amount of players in the world, professional footballers on such a short career, who aren't super old, who would be looking at it and saying, I'm comfortable having a career where I might only run up 100 Premier League appearances, you know, and I might come off the bench and I might come in if someone's injured. Yeah, Walcott. 
A Walcott was a Walcott was a starter Mason for us. Wobie. Yeah, I mean they were players that would have happily sat on the bench for. Fucking I don't years. think I don't think they would have happily sat on the bench, and Walcott's they both happily sat on the bench for most of the clubs he's ever he's been. He's fucking to. sat on the bench now. Don't slag off Theo. I fucking love oh, Theo. You know on, I Theo, love Theo. Theo's the greatest one we ever. Let's got not get in another. Let's not get in another Walcott. No, I argument. think we should get into another round because this has been one of the podcasts that I'm listening to myself thinking this is just fucking dull. It's me and you arguing about fuck because it, because it's it's almost impossible to put together a cohesive podcast at the moment, did you, Darren. Did because... you notice you can't even spell on the screen? I've just noticed you've gone the arse bothers rather than the arse brothers. You fucking can't even spell. You're yeah, just my... a fucking hopeless, useless Australian twat. Come on. Yeah, and my, com- and my computer crashed twice. I'm on a laptop. I'm holding my microphone. You sound like you look like you've got a big cock about to go in your mouth. Honestly, I am the one that is 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 normally the diplomat and the sensible and the and the mature one out of us three. Fuck me. Look, someone thinks that I'm smart. Max, you are right. Darren, I, I, you know, I, I like that. I like you are right. Players on the bench have to be ready to play and only way. I understand. See, look. So, okay, DWTC supports you because he's illiterate like you are. Let's, <laughs> let's just get back to the fucking point that, you know, we, we, we're we doing a podcast here and we're all moaning. Let's just get back. This hasn't been a bad season. We're doing really well. We've just had a real dip in form. A lot of players dip in form. A lot of players just slipped. I, I mentioned it while you were off on your last break of technology. Ramsdale's having a fucking month of, of... His form's terrible at the moment. Ramsdale is terrible at the moment. He's, he's punching things rather than catching. He's shouting at his defenders for no reason. He's hesitating too much about what to do with the ball. Honestly, Ramsdale, I can watch players week in, week out. Ramsdale has been magnificent this year, but he's going for a spell of lack of confidence and form. You know, we've got a few of those players. Smith Rowe, he played for the best part of 90 minutes at the weekend. Didn't see him, didn't want the ball, hid. You know, like he was Walcott-like in, his, in the way he hid. You know, we've got a few good players. Let's let's take some positives. Tommy Yasu will come back into that side, and he's magnificent. Martinelli, who I I didn't join the bandwagon of everyone saying that Martinelli was going to be so good. Martinelli was our best player at the weekend and has been our best player for the last few games. Martinelli is just superb. His first touch is incredible. His decision making needs time. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know he's he he, he shoots. My, when my, maybe the he reason why cross. I'm so excited about Martinelli is because I don't think he's even. 75% of what his ceiling is because his vision is terrible. He, may, he Do you know who he actually reminds me of? He reminds me of shit-haired Cristiano Ronaldo when he first came in. Yeah. Everything is there. Everything looks amazing. But uh, there's one too many step-overs and there's one too many guys taken on. But the fact that decision-making comes from experience and he's a kid, when you look at his pure raw talent, yeah, incredible. He's, he's going to get so much better. Can I say, look, incredible. Honestly, our best player for the last few games. Can you put that last comment up, Marcin, uh, Marcin Ostrowski? Why can't I say Ostrowski? Ostrowski. ESL put it on a plate for lacquer and lacquer fucked it. Do you know what, Marcin? You, you're right. I said uh, ESL. I watched the game. You know, I was there. And I didn't know Emil Smith Rowe was playing for an hour, and he was still. Look, I'm a huge fan. This isn't a, a criticism of ESR. 
ESR in that whole game made our only chance, our only chance. That's how bad we were. And it was a fabulous chance. And he put it on a plate and you're right. Lacazette, any decent striker would have put them in the back of the net and he didn't. So I'm criticising ESR really briefly in his career. He's a young lad. He wasn't on top form. He hadn't been playing for a while. It was our best chance of the game. I'm not criticising. Love him. If you listen to me regularly, I think ESR is going to be better than Saka. I think ESR has everything. He's a great, great player. But at the weekend, like most of them, they didn't want to be there. They didn't know what to do. And where do you put that down to? Is it the manager? You know, is it? Is it? What is it? We turned up and he wasn't very good. <laughs> DWTT, have you put that comment up, Max? Can you hear me, Max? Uh, yeah, I can. I hear used you. to like you. <laughs> okay, look, I still like you. I can just take the piss out of you when there's only Max to take the piss out of. Sometimes I run out of people to take the piss out. <laughs> you just have to fall in. So, Darren, we've got what have we got? Nearly two weeks off. We've got a break now, so two weeks it's a with no football. This. Two know, weeks. Isn't football just fucked? Isn't well the, isn't the thing that I find the thing that I find stupid. Break. You know, we, we, we're allowing teams to cancel games through COVID and then we've got a winter break. We never know when the winter's bad in this country. You know, most countries around the world that have winter breaks, they know there's a period where they get fucking loads of snow and they can't play football. And I understand maybe the need for a winter break. I understand, but we can't tell when it is. We might have snow in December, January or February or March in this fucking country. It's, it's not predictable. And so to give them a week off as a rest is fine. But teams like Burnley and Wolves, who, who have had five weeks off, do you think they want a fucking week off or do you think they want to catch up on their pitch? Well, surely they'll be playing... Surely the teams no, no, who are behind off. will be it's, playing catch-up games. It's a week off. It's a week off. You know? It's, uh, it's a stupid situation. And Arsenal... Do you know, I went to see Arsenal on Sunday. Our next home game is the 26th of February, I think it is. We've got four weeks before we play again at home. Darren, will the break be good for us or bad for us? Well, Do we need, do we need the, you know, obviously we the need the fresh break enough. was bad for us because after City, I wanted us to play Spurs. And Took our momentum. I fucking yeah. said that, Darren, when everyone was saying, when everyone was saying they wanted the game called off, oh, I yeah. said, Spurs are shit. They're there yeah. to be had. Yeah, it's still my biggest worry though. Antonio Conte, I don't care what people think. He's a fantastic manager. And if you look at Spurs' performances and results, there's no correlation. They are still terrible mm. and they're winning games. Do you know, and this is, you know, I didn't want Conte at our club. I don't like him. I find him a strange character. I love my club. I want people I like in charge. I like Arteta. But when Conti went to Tottenham, that worried the shit out of me. And he's proven it. He is not a likeable man. Spurs are not very good. But if you look at their results since he's taken over, you know, it's incredible. He's doing a great job. Why clubs employ people like Ranieri? Never got it. Watford want to sack a manager every other week. And they employ Ranieri. Had that incredible run with Leicester City. How he did that, I don't know. But he's a he's an old fucking stupid man. And what have they done? They've replaced him with Roy Hodgson. You know, strange, strange decisions. Let's be thankful. I've been very negative in this podcast. Let's be thankful. We've got a manager that's up and coming that is learning on the job. 
we have got some fabulous players. Erdegaard, all those cunts who said he weren't going to be very good. Erdegaard has been better and better and better and better. He's now our best player without fucking any shadow of a doubt. Smith Rowe, Saka, Martinelli, Ben White, Ramsdale, Tommy Yasu, Kieran Tierney, Gabriel. There's some great players in this side. Just give them a chance. As I said uh, after the Liverpool defeat, Darren, we didn't have a show because the games games keep being when we podcast. It's the only time we podcast. But I went on um, the open mic on Lee Judges TV with, with Guna Mike from Guna's oh, you were in the cheating, USA. Uh, yeah, yeah, Darren. A, a bit of minge on the side. Never heard anyone. At least I tell you. Anyway, when I went on there and it was all a bit doom and gloomy, I said, the reason why I got quite a lot of hope out of that game, despite it being a loss, was I didn't look at the team and think, we're three, we're four, you know, we're four, five, six players away. We've got to turn over this team. And last season, that's what I was saying. I was saying, we need a new right back. We need two new central defenders. We need a new number 10. You know, we needed all these players. I watched that game, Darren, I thought, with two starting players, with a fully fit 11, not talking about the thinness of our squad, but I said we're two starting players away from really competing with elite teams because we've gone and we've competed against City and played well, played our best football in 15 years on the front foot. And we've gone and defended our lives, defended for our lives against Liverpool. And then in the game we lost... Even with a reduced team, we actually look quite good. Martin Erdegaard's best performance in an Arsenal shirt out of position, mind you, as well. Stamped his authority as an elite player. So I think there is cause for being optimistic, Darren. Because when you're a team and you're only two players away from competing with elite-level teams, the only thing that matters at that point, Darren, is that we make the right signings. That if we're going to spend the money and we're going to put two elite players to drag this team through, that we go and get the right players. Because if we get the wrong players, Darren, we just end up in the same fucking position next year where we're sitting there and we're saying, we still require an elite left-sided, left-footed number eight and an elite striker. Problem we've got, Max, problem we've got is that we're finding this uh, Dusan Vlahovic, a 21-year-old who, um, who now doesn't want to join Arsenal Football Club because we're not good enough for him. And that's a big worry for me. But we it? don't know that. He might like Italy. He might want to stay in fucking Italy. Well, the comments I read was, if I'm going to the Premier League, I want to join Manchester City. Well, then um, he's a cunt. Exactly. Yeah, but And he I'm can fuck off. Jog on, Flowervick. This is Arsenal Football Club. We are Arsenal Football Club. And the worry I have now is that Arteta has to find another Tomiyasu. Obviously not in that position, but another... Tomiyasu, he has to find Edu has to find another striker that's going to take. But if place. that's the position that we're in, Darren, and I don't like talking about the process because that word triggers fucking everyone. But if that's the position that we're in, because we're still not an elite club, then well, that's the position. Club, but we we can't we can't we can't we can't begin to dream that we're a Champions League club right now. We're a club with a chance of playing Champions League football next season. Now, let's say we fucking jag a fourth spot, Darren. Yep. Let's say uh, Xhaka comes back and Party comes back and the two of them stay fit for the entire season. And we play like well, we did well over with, December. Well, yes. with that team over December, we were winning games. With that team, that first 11, fully fit and well-rested, we've got a chance at jagging fourth. 
So if we jag fourths place, Darren, and we get Champions League football, all of a sudden you're not selling an elite level player on the possibility that you might be a Champions League team. You're selling that player on saying Arsenal are back and you're the jewel in the crown that's going to make us be able to go and be competitive. Well, I think it's that was the position what, I think that that's we're what in. Arteta was selling on on Vlahovic. I think that's what he was selling. But you've got to look at the table and think, well, are they? You know, there's Tottenham, there's Manchester United. There, there's teams that, you know, I'm not even going to include, include West Ham in that because they don't have the history or capabilities. But they've got to look at that and say, well, they finished eighth the last two years. You know, I look at clubs in Italy and that, and you think, oh, they used to be really good. And and I'm sure players, you know, the the, the further we get away from our invincibles and the, and the football that we played, these players haven't grown up with the same love. You know, you, you, a lot of the players that we signed after Wenger or after the Invincibles were players who grew up watching Arsenal, wanting but to Darren, play for Arsenal. Can I ask you this? Do you think that we need to stop defining ourselves by a team 20 years ago in a league that was completely different, in a world that was completely different, with money that was completely different? Do you not think maybe we need to stop defining ourselves by what we were and start looking at how we're going to start defining ourselves by what we want to be? Max, because it's Max, fantastic I, to look back at your history, but at some Max, point... Max, I love everything you say, and I absolutely agree. That's you know, I'm an Arsenal fan. I've watched Arsenal when we were rubbish for years. And I mean that from, from 71 to 89. Fuck me, yes, I'm that old. From 71 to 89... Can you remember the fucking before the turn of the century after you lot? We that's what I have look, that was 17, 17 years we we went without winning the title. You know, I went through that period. Um, and of course the bar was raised by Wenger and the super, super players and the super super success we had. I agree with you and I think we should, but we have to be faced now with the situation. We have to be slightly better, whether it be a a manager, we have to be better in our recruitment to really find those jewels. Tommy Yasu is a really great example of somebody who wasn't cheap. Tommy Yasu was £23 million. That's not cheap for a right back. But fuck me, is he good? You know, like really, really good. And we just hope, we've got to hope that our our management is doing that. Honestly, look, I felt I've been so negative in the podcast, really, really negative for me. I'm really happy. You know, December was a fabulous month and it and it was superb. We've just lost a bit of momentum, but I'm really, really hopeful that we, we all get it back. There's a lot of games to play, a lot of points to play for. And, you know, a fourth, I've said all season, I think we can get there. I've actually got less confidence in that now because I'm just looking at this team thinking they look like they're running on empty sometimes because of the lack of depth and the lack of, of leadership and losing party and jacker i don't think either of them are, are that good but without them we're really really poor really really poor i just think darren right now the club is stuck between a bit of a rock and a hard place because we are a fifth sixth club a a fifth place sixth place where you europa league squad who are at the point where we are trying to take that next step to move the piece forward. And we're stuck in this funny position at the moment where if we wanted to go get a Europa League striker, 
Usum, Edward, you know, that a lot of people saying, well, why didn't we go get this guy? The reason why we didn't go get that guy is because he clearly wasn't good enough for the top, top level. That's why no other big clubs came in for him. That's why he's ended up at Palace, right? Let, let's make no, no no bones about it. If we wanted Edouard, we would have gone and got him. Yeah, and would he, have been, would he have improved us? No, yes, he would have improved us no, no. very, very slightly, Darren. Yeah, but not we're not looking. We're not Champions looking, League. Darren, for no. slight improvements now as a club. We're Any looking players are going to take steps. us to win the Champions League. Yeah, that's, we're that's looking at big steps. And the problem we have, Darren, the reason why this is going to be such a difficult transfer window, and I keep saying to people, shut the fuck up and keep calm, is that right now we are trying to attract top-level players to a club that is not yet top-level. Yeah, a club right. that is on the precipice of top-level. We're selling a so dream. So if you want to go get more 70, 75-rated players into the club, and pay fifty million pounds for them, and put them on one hundred and fifty thousand pounds a week because we're a big club, and big clubs pay big wages. Then you're going to be fucking disappointed when we can't make the step into fourth. We need to be going after Valovichis, whatever the fuck the cunt's name is. Do so. And we and we need to be paying the big money, and we need to be paying the big wages. And when yeah. you do that, guess what happens? They might look at the club, and they might look at Arsenal, and say, "You're not quite big enough for me yet." Yeah, and, and I think that's what's happening. You know, I mean, we've made the mistake. You know, we've paid too many players too much money and then spent years trying to get rid of them. You know, Kolasinac is a really good example. Best, he was in the team of the year in uh, in Germany. You know, he was in their German team of the year. Fantastic signing. What is free transfer? It's going to be great. Paid him so much money and he wasn't good enough to take us where we need to be. We've got lots of those on our books and now we've got I've, rid of them. Look, I've got a, we've got, I've we've got got a funny feeling, Darren. I want, to, I want to finish it up, but I just wanted to just say want to this. say one thing. You can finish. Let me say one thing. You go. All I, no, you finish up, Max. You, you did the finish. All I'm going to say is that we're done and out. I'm not saying this has been a very good podcast. It's been two just blokes moaning. But what I will <laughs> say is... Thanks for everyone there who's been sending comments, especially with Max's fucking lack of technolo technology and technological fucking knowledge. Thanks for listening. It's really good because this could have been terrible without you. And it's nice that we have you guys who are loyal to this show. And it's really nice to talk to you all. Max, finish up the show, you twat. <laughs> Last thing I'm going to say, Darren, is I think it's very possible that we come out of this transfer window without much without much at all. I think it's very possible that we finish this season essentially with the squad that we've got. Is that disappointing? Yes, it's disappointing. Is it disappointing from a, a, a strategy level? Yes. Uh, will it possibly hurt us at the end of the season? Yeah. Yep. Get injuries. Things can go wrong. But I'll just finish with this thought. In the position that Arsenal are in, the only thing that matters now is that we are signing the right players for the manager right now because he's going fucking nowhere. He's oh, going okay. absolutely nowhere. So all you fucking Arteta outs, and I've got no problem with you being Arteta outs, but all you Arteta outs getting up every fucking morning and going on Titter and whinging and fucking moaning, I've got this to say to you. Go get a girlfriend, go get a fucking blowjob and have a glass of wine. Because you cunts are going to be fucking waiting until the middle of next year to get rid of this cunt if he fucking fails. So have a bit of a better time. Enjoy yourselves. And remember this. Being a supporter is more than just dreaming that your football club wins every fucking game. It's about going. 
It's about showing up. It's about having a beer with your mates. And it's about enjoying the fact that you're part of something bigger than just you. I am so fucking done. I am so fucking fed up with all of these moany fucking cunts every fucking day acting like the club is run like fucking FIFA, that we've got an endless pot of money, that businessmen don't want to be able to put a strategy in place that is going to make them a club that is able to be self-sustainable. I said this on a podcast the other day, Darren. Do not marry a woman with small tits and think she's somehow magically going to grow bigger tits. You fucking married Arsenal. It's until death do us part. It doesn't matter what the fucking club does. You're still going to get up. You're still going to support them. And you're still going to go sit in your fucking season ticket. So stop being a moany cunt and get on with fucking supporting the club. Bollocks to the lot of you. Good night. Perfect. I love you. Press the button. button is it? I'm trying, Darren. This is an Ask Brothers production. Follow us on Twitter at The Ask Brothers. Get all our content on YouTube, Facebook, Spotify, and SoundCloud at Ask Bros. And if you like what you hear, don't forget to smash that subscribe button.